Welcome to IFL Science The Big Questions, the podcast where we invite the experts to explore the biggest mysteries of science with your host, Dr. Alfredo Carpinetti. It is very human to wonder about the end of things. What conclusion has an author written for the fantasy series? What happens at the end of our lives? Will the Earth survive the death of the Sun? It is hardly surprising to know that scientists have looked even further afield, into the biggest curtain call that can be found in the cosmos, the end of the universe itself. I am your host, Dr. Alfredo Carpinetti, IFL Science Senior Science Writer. The big question for this episode is, how will the universe end? To help us answer this query and provide context, we are joined by theoretical astrophysicist Dr. Katie Mack, the Hawking Chair in Cosmology and Science Communication at Perimeter Institute. Dr. Mack, it is a pleasure having you with us today. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, my name is Katie Mack. I'm a theoretical astrophysicist and I study cosmology, um, the study of the universe from beginning to end on the smallest and largest scales. Wonderful. And the question we're tackling this time is about the universe uh, and how it's going to end. And you wrote a fantastic book about it. So can you briefly explain that to us? Well, there are several possibilities for what will happen in the far future of the universe. And in the book, I go through five different possibilities. The most likely thing seems to be that the universe will continue to expand forever and just kind of eventually cool down and die out. Uh, So right now we know that the universe is expanding. It's getting bigger. The spaces between galaxies is getting bigger. the galaxies themselves are not getting bigger, you know, Earth is not getting larger, but the universe is expanding in the sense of all the empty space is getting bigger. And that process seems to be set to continue indefinitely. And as that goes on, uh, the universe just gets more and more diffused, more and more empty, colder, darker, lonelier. And it looks like it'll eventually end in what we call a heat death, where everything sort of just fades away and dies. <laughs> so it's not the most, uh, it's not the most cheerful thought, um, but, uh, but that's, that's the one that, that most cosmologists kind of point to as, as the likely future. But there are some interesting other possibilities where something more violent could come in and, uh, and change that story. So other than a morbid curiosity, what are the scientific reasons for being interested in the end of time? Well, part of it, I think, is curiosity, and not necessarily morbid curiosity, but just the question of, you know, what is our story? What is the narrative of existence? You know, everybody's, everybody's got curiosity about the beginning. Where did we come from? You know, how did it all start? And I think that the natural thing is to then also ask, okay, where are we going? How does it end? What's, what's in the future for humanity for uh, existence for matter itself uh, for the for the universe so I think it is partly just that we we want to know you know what the what the story looks like what is the end of this of this story and um, and where are things going but then in a scientific sense as a physicist I'm interested partially because, a lot of the questions about the end of the universe really tie back to the beginning as well, because different 
ideas about the beginning of the universe sort of set the scene for different kinds of evolution, different sort of shapes of the cosmos in some sense. You know, are we part of a larger system of universes? Are we uh, something that will go through cycles? You know, does our cosmos go through cycles from beginning to end and then a new beginning? Um, what, what set up the conditions for the beginning of the universe? How does that relate to how the universe evolves in the future? So there are a lot of ways in which those two questions are very much connected uh, on a, in a physics sense. And so that's, that's particularly interesting to me. And then another part of it is just when you start to ask these questions, it leads you to other interesting questions in physics and astronomy. Um, it leads you to think about, you know, what uh, what kind of physics drives the universe and um, what the extreme sort of cases uh, can be when you tweak some of those parameters. And and there are a couple of instances in the book where you, where I get into some really fun things that can happen if you take uh, a, you know, a, a standard theory and say, well, what if I just change this number a little bit? Where does that go? And sometimes it goes to, well, the universe has just ripped itself apart. <laughs> so you can really fi find some, some fun things when you start to ask these questions. Fascinating. This is so fascinating. I personally find it such a rush trying to think about how it all might end up. I think I also like this sort of mirroring in our search for answers between trying to understand how the universe started and how it might end. You mentioned the importance of numbers and that by tweaking them we end up in very different scenarios. To what degree do we need to understand how the universe is today to predict how the universe will evolve in the future? Is there something crucial and maybe big we have to determine to work out which scenario is correct? Yeah, well, one of the things that we really need to understand if we want to understand the future of the cosmos is something called dark energy. So the universe is currently expanding, and that expansion is speeding up. And the that acceleration is something that was not predicted by kind of standard theories of physics when it was discovered. Um, and it seems to be due to something that we call dark energy. We don't know what dark energy is. There are a number of possibilities for what it could be. It could just be a sort of property of space that we call a cosmological constant, where space has a kind of stretchiness sort of built into it um, as, you know, something that just kind of shows up in the equations and, and, uh, and it's a property of the universe and that could be the dark energy. But dark energy could also be something that is a new component of the universe or, you know, an un a previously unknown component of the universe that is a field of energy of some kind that would change over time, would maybe take on different characters over time. And if it's, if it's that dynamical thing, if it's something that changes, then that could lead to something like a big rip where the, the universe tears itself apart in the future if, if this dark energy gets more powerful, or it could lead to something like a big crunch where the universe collapses on itself if dark energy changes from something that's, that's causing expansion to something that's causing contraction. And there are models that people have put together that could you know, cause those different activities. So, you know, understanding what dark energy is, is a really, really important question. And uh, right now, you know, we're doing a lot of observations to try to 
pin down what dark energy is, what it'll do in the future, how it's acted in the past. And right now, everything is consistent with dark energy being just a cosmological constant, a property of space that will lead us to a heat death in the future. Um, but we're still, you know, following different possibilities, uh, still taking more and more detailed observations, uh, looking into different theories, doing laboratory experiments that might connect to um, different kinds of energy fields that could exist in the universe. And that's, that's one of the really big questions where we're kind of at this point now where the, the data are all kind of balancing in a particular direction. But if you go a little bit to either side of that, things change. And so we're, we're trying to figure out um, how, how precisely we can, we can measure that, that number, essentially. And then the other thing that is really important here is understanding the physics of the very beginning of the universe, because that can tell us something about the other two possibilities I talk about in the book. Um, one where you have a cycling universe, a, a universe that goes from beginning to end to new beginning, and that could arise from certain theories of cosmology where you know, we might find clues about that in studying the beginning of the universe because we might see a clue that suggests that there was a previous cycle. Um, and then the, the final possibility, um, uh, the, something called vacuum decay, is, is what happens when sort of this energy field that, that exists in all the space called the Higgs field changes character and does so in a way that ends up being disastrous to the cosmos. And that might be possible, it might not, we're not sure, but the way to figure that out is to understand how the Higgs field changed in the early universe, because we know that it did. And so that's another case where trying to understand the beginning is going to potentially tell us something uh, about the end. And that one is one where it's really particle physics experiments that, that are teaching us mo the most about that. Um, so studying the Higgs boson, this particle that's associated with the Higgs field in things like the Large Hadron Collider, that's giving us clues about the Higgs field and then potentially about the both the beginning and the end of the universe. That is absolutely enthralling. So we have five scenarios. Can I ask you which one is your favorite? I do have a favorite. Um, vacuum decay is 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 100 my favorite of these of these ideas uh it's it's not one that i think is um particularly favored by cosmologists as i said cosmologists generally think that the universe will end with a heat death but vacuum decay is just such a fascinating possibility because it involves a something that happens on the quantum level subatomic physics you know um Basically, there's there's a quantum tunneling event. A, a, a you know particle goes from one place to another in some sense, and when that happens, it triggers a cascade that destroys the cosmos. <laughs> you know, and I think that's just such a fascinating possibility, uh, uh, where you know something that's that's so tiny and and so obscure and so unpredictable as a quantum event could you know, destroy macroscopic objects like like galaxies and, and, and the universe. Uh, so it's it's fascinating for, to me for that reason. It's fascinating because it does rely on an unpredictable event, something that, that's governed by quantum physics, by this fundamental uncertainty. So if it were going to happen, we would not be able to say where or when it would start. And when that event occurred, it would create a bubble of, of 
a new kind of space that would expand throughout the universe and, and destroy everything at roughly the speed of light is the, is the expansion rate for that bubble. So you wouldn't see it coming either. And that uh, is a, it's a sort of scary notion. I know, I know that a lot of people have contacted me saying that they find vacuum decay terrifying and, uh, and they're, they're, they want me to tell them that it can't possibly happen. And I can't tell them that it can't possibly happen. What I can say, though, is that our current understanding is that if it is possible, then the time scale on which it would occur, the, the, the earliest time we expect it to happen, would be something like 10 to the power of 100 years from now, which is a very, very, very long time from now. I mean, it could potentially happen sooner, but it's extraordinarily unlikely um, to happen in any time soon. And then the other thing I can say is that the the whole notion that vacuum decay is possible is based on assuming that our very limited current understanding of particle physics is the last story you know that the, that no new physics will ever appear to to change that picture and we have very good reason to believe that that's not true that that there are holes in our in our standard model of particle physics we're seeing hints of that all the time these days with experiments and so we're pretty sure that something will change, we just don't know what. And because we're pretty sure that something will change, we have a pretty good reason to believe that, you know, vacuum decay is not something we should take super seriously as an end of the universe scenario. But as a physicist and a cosmologist, I think it's super, super fun to, <laughs> to think about. Um, and so that's, of the five scenarios I talk about in the book, that's the only one that I've actually done, you know, research, uh, like, you know, professional physics research related to. Wonderful, yes, it is my favorite too. I absolutely adore that scenario if one can adore the idea of the death of everything. Excellent, excellent. Okay, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for uh, having me. One day the universe will end. We're not certain how. Long after the last star shone its last light, the cosmos will be no more. And while this finality may seem dreadful, it is extraordinary that humans have the ability to ponder such a big question and even find a reasonable answer to this great mystery. Let's keep wondering. Thanks for listening to IFL Science The Big Questions. Head over to iflscience.com and don't forget to sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss out on the biggest stories each week. Until next time.